What's up, everybody? We're back. It's your uh, kind of host, Abrams. Your main co-host. Host. <laughs> main host, okay. Yeah, yeah. And Red. Yeah. And we got Brown Bear coming around the corner here. He, he had to go get his cell phone because he didn't want that thing popping off. And uh, we, we don't want copyrighted, you know, T2 sounds <laughs> popping up on here, right? No, definitely not. <laughs> and we have Dash back. Good to have you back, Dash. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he says quietly. <laughs> I might need to adjust his microphone. There, say it again. Say it again. Thank you. Oh, there we go. Okay, all right. So, um, to start it off, Red and I are going <laughs> to, we're going to have a little whiskey today. So, we're going to have some Pendleton. It's a, an, an interesting story behind this one. I don't think we've ever done this on the podcast for this no, at all. No, we so, haven't done Pendleton yet. But it was actually the first whiskey you ever turned me on to. I was at the store, and I was like, hey, I need some help. What do I buy? I don't even know where to begin on this journey. And uh, you suggested it. So, it's a Canadian blended whiskey. And what did you know about it up at that point? So, uh, I knew that it was a Canadian blended whiskey, um, so it's not going to fall into your traditional um, categories, scotch, bourbon, you know, rye, it, it, it doesn't fall into those, it's it's a blended whiskey, so it's, it's really good, honestly, it's very inexpensive, but it's a very high award winning whiskey, um, very high quality whiskey, and I mean, Midwest prices, you can get it for like 25 bucks a, a bottle, but... Yeah. It is, it is absolutely a go-to. Like it's a good sipping whiskey. I know a guy who uh, actually he's my uncle, a really good guy. Really loves whiskey, and he drinks the. Uh, gosh, now I'm I'm wanting to use a, a fictional whiskey, and that's not the one that it was. <laughs> You're blanking out. No, it's Macallan is what they call it on uh, on uh, How I Met Your Mother, and that's it's not what it is. Um, it sounds like a bird, Macallan. <laughs> See, yeah, all right, totally right. I'm really I'm blanking, and it's, it does start with an M, and it is Max something McFittick or um, Mimo- no, Mimosa. No, it'll come to you. Maybe it is McCallum. Maybe it is McCallum. What I, do they call it? On just made up a word. Anyway, <laughs> so there's um. Anyway, he, he, he drinks he drinks good whiskey. The the. The point is that he drinks good whiskey. He drinks mm-hmm. expensive good whiskey, and he still loves this stuff, and he still yeah. always keeps a bottle of this around. Yeah, I'm curious. Most expensive whiskey there is, uh, and why? I think probably that changes probably year to year. Huh? That probably changes year to year. Someone's always coming out with some new exclusive, some new super special. Yeah. So what makes probably a whiskey? Probably thousands of dollars. Well, I mean, part of what you have to realize is the market always changes because they got whiskeys that have been sitting in barrels for, for eons, right? There's some stuff that's been sitting around for 10, 20 30 years and they're starting to just now bottle. It's going so. to have to it, it, some the most expensive whiskeys are going to be very old. Yeah. Because that's something that, you know, you you can't simulate. Like there are there are rapid aged whiskeys, there are different methods that people do in order to they, they call it rapid aging. It's not exactly the same. Um essentially what they do is they use different techniques in order to break down like the wood polymers into the the alcohol and that's one of the things that gives it that unique flavor. Um if you do it over slow over time, I mean that's an aging process, and that's you know what what makes what refines the uh, the flavor in in these whiskeys. But and like people choose different different uh, woods. People use uh, barrels that have been used for aging other alcohols previously. Uh, sherry, uh, like a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the Scotch makers will actually use bourbon barrels to age their scotches, and that actually goes to a really asinine law that is in place that forbids 
uh, the use of a barrel more than once if in the making of whiskey in, in America. the U.S. Right, yeah. right. So the, it was it was a law that was put in place in order to keep the coopers, coopers are barrel makers, in order to keep them in business during the time when barrel usage was starting to dwindle. And so they put in a place in law to protect the industry to say, hey, you know, you can only use these barrels once. So what did the whiskey, the American whiskey makers do when they had already used the barrel? Well, they sold to the Scotch whiskey makers. So the Scotch whiskey makers are like, hey, yeah, no, that 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 uh, bourbon that's in there is going to add a unique flavor to our scotches when we age them in those barrels. And they, the scotch makers, they repair their barrels all the time. There's actually a, the, the biggest cooperage still in operation um, is actually in uh, Scotland, pretty close to the Glenfiddich distillery. So, and they've, they make barrels and repair barrels for distilleries all over Scotland. But in America, we still have that law in place to protect an industry that <laughs> barely exists. Yeah. I was say Figures. It's a niche market at this point. But another interesting fact some of the best barrel oak comes from the white oak trees grown in Missouri. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Mm, yeah. White oak. Yep. Oh, why do they call it a white oak? It's the color of the, the wood. So you've got red oak, you've got white oak. I, I want to say that there's it's something else, white. but... Well, it's, it's a white tone to it. It's it a is, blonde more than anything. Like vanilla. I think of more like a platinum blonde. Yeah. Think of my son's hair. Oh. Bam, like, bam. Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> but no, it's like, it's it's very, very like pale, yellowy, like almost an ivory tone. Mm. So. So I was actually going to ask a question. So Flash, when we were watching that earlier, Dash Flash, what are we going to, we've got to nail that down. Dash. 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 When we were watching that earlier, where, who made that film? We were watching a, a clip of Star Wars where they reanimated the, um, the, the, fight scene between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. What, who, who did from, that? From A New Hope, from episode four. Right. Uh, the YouTuber's name was Flex and Post. Yeah, so was, he, was that all CGI? Mm-hmm. Okay, because it almost looked like they did maybe did like a body double or something. I yeah. think I think what they probably did was that they had body doubles. They had a guy in a costume. The background seemed to be all CGI. Yeah. yeah so. but, and then, yeah, the, um, they obviously, they did some like cut and paste of Alec Guinness's face right. on there during certain scenes. Well, they did a lot of improvements because if you if you're in a fight like that, you're not you're gonna incidentally hit things. And because that lightsaber can go through almost any substance, very few substances it can't go through. It'll go through steel like butter. Well, and that was one of the things I really appreciated that they had they, in this re reimagining of the fight, right. they used enclosed spaces yeah. because I mean, it was the death star. We, we saw the death star have a lot of enclosed spaces. And so the idea that those lightsabers were cutting through those walls and everything and cutting into them, it just made like, a lot more like it was more continuous. It did. And I felt like it made the fight a lot more dynamic. I don't Very know about you guys, so. but I, so I remember, I, I remember watching The Empire Strikes Back a lot when I was a kid. My dad had that on Betamax, and that was the one that I watched over oh, that and goes over back and over again. again. Beta. <laughs> yep. But that was that was the one that I watched over and over and over again. And so when I went back and watched the original Star Wars for the first time, and the only lightsaber fight was that one on the Death Star, and that between Alec Guinness and Darth Vader, uh, and now I'm mixing and saying one actor and one character. <laughs> but anyway, so... Um, but. That, that fight was so disappointing compared to the one that was in Empire Strikes Back. And I really agree. to any of the other. Well, I mean, as much as I don't like any of the first three movies, 
I, I gotta admit that like the the Qui-Gon Jinn versus Darth Maul, like Oh, One of the awesome. best lightsaber fights ever, and I hate those th- first three movies. Yeah, you know, my favorite. I, uh, I actually appreciate them more now that the sequel trilogy. Okay, is I'll give you out. that. <laughs> yeah, but that, that those are just pathetic. Um, look, General Grievous by far my favorite. Yeah. By so, far, well, this, I this felt fight. like they, he was better. Like, so they had the that uh, original Clone Wars. The, yeah, the, the cartoon, the cartoon that was where done he's by the their original Jedi Jack. hunter. Yeah, and I felt like. In there, they showcased him a whole lot more. Yes, and did a whole lot more with him. Six right. Jedi, right? And he was using like he was using his legs, as arms, and like in like everything. He, yeah, it was it was crazy. It was so dynamic. And then I was really pumped to see that character in uh, Revenge of the Jedi. And then I just felt like they they just cut him down so much. Now, it just I found seemed out like years he was later, a throwaway character. Well, I found out years later that they actually had. Uh, planned a much bigger fight between him and Obi-Wan. Right. They're on, I don't remember what planet, but that they actually cut it out because of time constraints. How and disappointing. I know. It's, it's one of those movies that's like, if you if you filmed it, put it in, please. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. They I don't think they actually filmed the fight. I think that they oh. realized like how... They how saw much how it was coming together. And okay, all them romance scenes, take that crap Amen. out. Oh, I'm completely with you there. I don't want to see this. I just love you, and I just think about you. No, man, no. <laughs> well, Dash, Dash what, what do you, th- you think? When you I was were... watching that, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I, th- I think the comment I had was, is like, I didn't think you could redo the fight. Like, it really could be better, right? Yeah. Like, t- it takes through that fight a little bit. What what they changed from the original that, that stands out to you? Um. They, they put a lot more of like emotions from the first or from Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, that's true. Actually, they were, and they actually used the Force a little bit more yeah. rather than just lightsabers. Like the, the part that I was like, oh, no, that was kind of cool was Obi Wan gets knocked down mm-hmm. and then he pushes Vader back. And Vader kind of just does that, like that, uh, I'm trying to think like Captain America slide, he if just, you will. Yeah, he just takes like, it. He just takes it in the shield and then just like, what? <laughs> yeah, like his cape billows back. It was actually, you know what it was reminiscent of? Was um was uh Michael um, Jackson in Thriller? No. <laughs> um, why am I forgetting the name in the newer series? Uh, Ray and what's his name? Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Thank you. Why am I forgetting that? Anyways, it kind of reminded me of Kylo very, Ren's you, fight you style. Just, when he, I, I wish that I could forget all of that trilogy <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> but yeah, so Dash, what was it, what was it that was standing out to you in that one? Uh, when the when the transition to the hallway scene, mm-hmm. when they were like, you know, lights were going through in the. It's all red and stuff. Yeah, they put them in a real narrow hall that was like, yeah. you know, you could walk by and brush shoulders with somebody if you're going through it. Yeah. Like, it was pretty narrow. Yeah. So the, the sabers were digging into the wall and cutting holes and lights were flickering on and off. Like, well, these sabers are how long? I don't They're know. two to three feet long. Oh, I, th- I just yeah. thought that was six inches. You're going to incidentally. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Sorry. Right. <laughs> so you're going to incidentally hit things. And so this just simply made it better. Yeah. It was more thought involved in, okay, we're going to make this a better well, view. It was much more dynamic. Right. You know what is like the difference between, honestly, because we had just watched that clip where it was it was showing in the Mandalorian series. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched any of this stuff, it's your fault. Um, <laughs> but, but in the Mandalorian series when Luke shows up, right, and his and he, you can tell there's a distinct change between who he was when in in new hope and all the way to where he's showing up in the Mandalorian to rescue this you know baby you know Yoda and it's 
it's very clear that he has grown in the force and he's not afraid to use it. And when and he does the, he does the Darth Vader crush on one of the robots. It's just that was like, amazing. Oh, well, just and so fun. I was talking about how I felt like that was, that really harkened back to the Vader scene. Yeah. Uh, the Vader corridor scene that the initial did one on in, the uh, rogue one. No, no, that because, was awesome. Right. That was a, that was a phenomenal scene. Oh, and and he actually just let loose. Well, yeah. that, that scene was really important to me from the standpoint of, I was always a Darth Vader fan. But especially when they came out with the uh, the prequel trilogy, and you see some of the way that like people use lightsabers and fight and everything, and they just didn't have that kind of choreography artists yeah. back then that to do in the original trilogy. So well, I, they, I understand. They figured that. it out. But at the same time, it's something that I, I so I understand why they didn't film fight scenes that dynamically. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it makes him look weaker. It makes him look like he's not as cool and as powerful as he's supposed to be. That's not so what I got they, out of when it. When they redid the, when they did that corridor scene, they're showcasing exactly what Vader's uh, potential is and what he's yeah. capable of. Well, not only and that. What, what everybody was afraid of. Yeah. And so then, of course, having that harken back to showing, yes, this is Luke Skywalker. This is Vader's son. And showing him, like, do a lot of those same kind of moves no, not not the exact same moves but that same style of fighting and that was, conviction was really and cool. power what i like so much about it is that you see that I'm, I'm well you know why think of somebody look we we all have kids okay if somebody tries to take your kids away from you dash doesn't have kids well he yes inbound oh. okay <laughs> so but what it showcases is desperation to get a hold of his children now think about it. every father knows I'm going to do whatever I have to. And you see that raw, not ruthlessness, but determination. Okay? Because that's what it was about. were trying to get to their kids. Well, that, that's what he was trying to do. No, Vader was trying to get after the people who had the Death Star plans. Well, and Luke was just trying to get in there to, to he get wanted, to Grogu. He wanted to get after his kids. He was been He's been after them the whole time. What are you talking what, about? Are you meaning get after them in the sense of, like, kill them? Or no, not get after them, them like... Get to them, just get to, to see them. them. Luke doesn't have any kids. So I'm not Vader talking about Luke. I'm talking about Vader. Kids at that time. When, when you're I talking think about, he did. No, I, I think he, he did. thought that he thought that Padme died along with the child. Right. He definitely didn't know that. And he they had two hid, kids. Yeah, they hid the fact that he had kids. The first time he makes mention of knowing that he has kids was that when he finally realized that when he felt the the energy when he got close to Leia when he was coming on. He's like he realized something was up, and then he started putting two and two together. Well, no, after that a was, while. No, it was when. The, the Emperor told him that Luke was the son of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, but when when was no. Leia brought into it? Leia was brought into it later. Like he didn't figure no, out about I mean. Leia until he was fighting Luke on the second Death Star. No. That's I, when I, he I was disagree. he was feeling out Luke and he was saying I disagree, like you have a twin he was sister. That he's, if you don't turn to the dark side, he's a, then perhaps she will. He's within a hundred yards of her. He's gonna know because of that. That's what I'm saying. Is in in the New Hope. When and that's why he just went all fierce mode and just went after it. When he comes on the ship, what I'm talking about is when he comes on the ship and they're they're you know it's and I'm on a on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. That's when he first makes mention of the fact that he knows something's up. No, up he until then, you need to rewatch the movie. I do. Too. Maybe I do because what what predates that. So what do you mean? What predates? Where he thing? references her as as as, as something pot- special related to him. Yeah. The only time that he mentions 
even he doesn't mention about Leia at all. He realizes that Luke has a twin sister, but that's only on the second Death Star when he's fighting Luke. So he's you, you don't think he's suspicious of that in the initial? I think no, he's definitely. I think he definitely knows, think he knows and is going I, after him. I think I, you guys I, need I to rewatch the, the films. I, I think he. I think he had the impression that he knew who she was, and that's why he's treating her kind of with kid gloves. And like, yeah, he's gonna go blow up, you know, her, her, you know, hometown, her hometown, I mean, her own planet. Well, but you know, he did torture her when on the first Death Star. Yeah. And so I think when he realized that she was also his daughter was when um, was like he could already sense it, but he didn't know for sure until um until like Luke's reaction on the second Death Star. So he already knew Luke was his son, and that Leia and Luke were close together. But then when when he felt that Luke was like you know, scared when he mentioned her, then he kind of like put two and two together. Wait, I know why he wanted to kill his son. Cause his son kissed his daughter. <laughs> yeah. That's, okay, that's so, so nasty. So I, Good God. I, think, I think when he realized, when Darth Vader realized that Luke was his son was actually when, after he blew up the first Death Star, cause like in the spaceship, when Luke's calling out to Obi-Wan yeah, and he, he could sense that and he could like feel. Oh, like, didn't do a cut back him. to Vader. I, they didn't show Vader hearing. Obi-Wan's no, but not voice. hearing Obi Wan. I'm saying didn't they do a cutback or something like immediately following that when he was when he was talking to him? Mm, I, I, we no, need to go back and watch I the movies again. Comic or something. <laughs> I, I I just know I've watched a video talking about this. Okay. Because um you know I'm coming about this uh, nerd. I guess. We're we're and failing then, at this a little bit right now. Well, and then so yeah um. Lost my train of thought there. It's all good. It's all good. But it all stems back to that video. Like that was a really cool. Like edit. And I hope. Yeah. I, I honestly wish like they went back and you know put Anakin, the young version of Anakin, back in the original series and that did stuff dumb. like that. It was ridiculous. That was but dumb. And and you my, didn't my need big it. thing there of why that was so dumb was because you didn't go back and show the young version of Obi Wan. You didn't go back exactly. and show the young version you didn't put of Qui Gon Jinn. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You didn't add Qui Gon Jinn to it. No. It, it was the old version of Obi-Wan because that's who Luke knew. And that's who he was when he died. It should be the old version of Anakin because right. that's who Luke knew and that's who he was when he died. Yeah. And they didn't put like a Groku, you know, aged Yoda in there. No. No. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, I, that I freaking think the, creepy Muppet from episode one, when they tried <laughs> to do young Yoda. You remember that? No, I guess I'm... Well, right. when he, it first, he so was only 800 years old, wasn't he? Yeah, real young. Well, so when they... Uh, so if you can go back and you can find it online where when episode one first came out, they had done a very different looking Yoda and it was still supposed to be Yoda and it was still Frank Oz doing the voice, but it, it did not look like the Yoda that we all knew. Now, since then they've gone back and they've redone the movies and they've made it more like the Yoda that we all know and love Yeah, because there were complaints that people were like, what? This, this Yoda looks weird. Like it could be that it, it's definitely that species, but it def, definitely does not, not look like character. the same guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, they probably, the same people that did the special effects back then weren't doing the special effects in episode one. Well, the same people who did the special effects back then was Jim Henson. And I'm pretty sure he was dead when episode one was made. Yeah. I'm pretty sure of it too. Uh, so that's why, Things change because a lot of these special effects guys, by the time they get to the big time, or at least my age, and I'm 57. Well, the technology guys, catches up too. And then it does. Then you end up with the Jar Jar Binks instead of just quality stuff. <laughs> That's <laughs> right? a very bad analogy. Well, it's true. As soon as well, they had CGI, they decided to build that character. 
I well, I think they went overboard with the CGI. I think they that's one of the reasons. That was that is one thing that I would definitely praise the sequel trilogy about was that they, they kept brought really back a lot of the practical effects, and that's one of the yeah. things that practical effects will always seem more believable to the, to the human mind and the eye. Right. I mean, yeah. that's one of the reasons why you can go back and you can look at um, Jurassic Park now, yeah, and you can watch it in high D high definition now. And it still looks good. Yeah, like you, it does. It's got some of the there. There are some of the parts with some of the CGI that's you can tell it's older CGI, but it's still they they really tried to limit how much they used the CGI. Yeah, they tried to put practical effects in there as much as possible. So even some of the times where you've got the Tyrannosaurus chasing them right in, in at night, you're getting some real movement. <laughs> right, it still looks pretty convincing. Yeah, yeah, but. Look, Marvel has conquered the CGI because Hulk and all them, they looked very even, legitimate. Well, even Marvel went through a phase of starting out with like kind of basic CGI and then getting better through the years. Now, Marvel owes everything to a one movie, Blade, because that's when they took it serious. Blade was really done well. We actually used to wait, really enjoy that movie. Which, yeah, how many thousands of times? Blade or the first Spider-Man? Blade. Blade was well By before. far. Blade really? came out in 98. It was the first movie... Uh, me and the, the beautiful dream we went to. Yeah. Also, the first X-Men movie. Was 2000. Was, yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, I know this. Very, yeah. Here's the thing. Hey, hey my I'm generation. Not, not, no, that's I'm, not what I'm, I'm saying. I'm asking the question. No. I'm not claiming to <laughs> no. have known. Well, what I'm saying is my generation for decades had been starving for a decent Marvel movie. And now look at them. Yeah. I mean, they mastered this. Well, I, I mean, really. In the early 90s, there was supposed to be a Fantastic Four movie. Oh, God. And it was so bad, they didn't even release it. No, dude. No, seriously. Like, you can look up YouTube. You can, or, or other not clips YouTube, of it You can there? look up uh, on on uh, Google. No, you can find you. you can find, like, screenshots and, like, pictures of them no. in costume and everything. Yeah. It looks so bad. It does. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. The, the, the difference with Blade is that... Blade, what I like so much, not just a black character, it had an effect, but he looked cool. He had a cool car. Yeah. He could fight. I like Chris Christopherson. He was convincing as Whistler. Um, he's not stronger than these uh, vampires. They're just as strong as he is. He's better equipped. He's really just an early John Wick. Well, he's got he's got more skills. Well, he's more and like he's a got more tools. Because John, John Wick is not better than the guys he's fighting. He just gets through it. No, I would say John Wick is definitely better. He, he had to be to go through that. But no, what, what, that one guy that There's, finally got him. Um, that's what I'm saying. As many times he got wounded, he's been hurt. Like he, he got gets, slammed he goes, oh, right. on but the that's, that's what they talked about. He's just a, a force of sheer will. Right. Which is yeah. which is kind of like reminds me of Blade. You know, he's not stronger, like that much better than But he's guys. more equipped. Yeah. He's, and here's the and thing. And that's the difference. Like you get you some guys, when they get hit in the face, yeah. they'll just it, keep fighting. And some guys, when they get hit in the face, they'll curl up into a ball, and what's they'll coming. just try and to try that, to. We get call past that cold black. Now, remember when the two Asian guys, who were actually the choreographers, by the way, when they got him and they overpowered him because there's three of them and they could do what he could do, he could not fight them. Yeah. And you remember he started laughing. Why? Because Whistler had a rocket launcher, <laughs> and boom! And he started laughing and knew. We need to get that in 4K and watch that. Um, beautiful dreamer. She didn't like watching it, and some of my kids don't like watching it. Uh, well, back in the day, they didn't. I think she'd actually now, because she's like, she, yeah. she's made comments about now that she's exited the uh, 
orthodoxy that she used to hold, yeah. she's really enjoying a lot more movies than she used to. But, I mean, what I liked about the blade is just everything. Yeah. What got me convinced besides you know, the opening scene with Tracy Lords and the guy, by the way, the dude that was the big body, uh, the real big guy that was her boyfriend at the time. You know, well, she called him some kind of weird name. And then they went in there and all of a sudden the blood and all like that. And he comes out there. It's the day Walker. And I'm like, they got him a nickname already. And the <laughs> way he fought, this is legit wrist locks and all like that. I yeah. mean, this is the kind of stuff I used when I worked in the jail. So, uh, and then they work very, very well. I promise you. Um, and then at the end, when he, he threw the girl, like, what was that? Two or 300 yards to the next building. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then he jumped. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. I was really in. But they also had a science about it. Because that girl, what's her name? Her actual name is Karen. Uh, but they, they listed her as Nabushi Wright. <laughs> She's a Karen. She's actually a, bl a black woman. That's what makes it funnier. But uh, the one that was the doctor, okay, <coughs> they, they should have did more with this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The second one I thought was good. The third one was terrible. I, so here's, here's one thing I will say. I credit the third one because the third one, Brian Reynolds being in there, and first of all, Ryan Reynolds is always entertaining. So I, I definitely feel like he was one of the best parts of that movie. But Ryan Reynolds on that set, that's where, if I remember correctly, that's where he was introduced to Deadpool. That somebody was really? talking, somebody talked to him about the Deadpool comic and got him started so he reading on that the Deadpool a comic. Well, yeah, he became a big fan, and then when he was offered the role um, for the Wolverine movie. He jumped on it, and then he felt like they didn't do the character justice, and that's when he was pushing for the making of the Deadpool movie. Mm -hmm. And that was 11 years in the making, that Deadpool movie. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, and here's the thing, uh, but what is the highest-rated R-rated movie? The biggest moneymaker. Was it Logan? Nope. I thought Logan top. I thought Logan beat out Deadpool. No, not even close. Well, actually, the, the biggest moneymaker, highest-rated, uh, R-rated R movie was The Passion of the Christ. Ah, uh, that's accurate. That is accurate. I watched the whole thing about Joker. it. Joker. Did Joker outdo it now? The new Joker made 1.3, 1 1.2 or 1.3 billion. Abrams is fact-checking this. <laughs> Keep talking. I'll, I'll, so I'll check it. The, what, here's the thing about Joker that really was real good. You understood why. He became the Joker, and well, that's what I like so much. That, about. that was absolutely hands down like my favorite in the in the DC universe. I, I liked that's him shooting favorite. Robin De Niro right in yeah. the face. It, you almost lie. didn't see it coming. Like you, the buildup was oh, there, but you just didn't believe that it was actually <laughs> going to happen. Shoot him! I kept saying it. <laughs> shoot him! Shoot him! <laughs> You're horrible. Yeah, Joker's the top of the list. Yeah, it, it and one of the reasons I know because I usually don't like. Real plotty. I, I think you're right. It was Passion of the Christ for a really long time. Yeah, it was for the long time. Yeah, didn't beat out Passion of the Christ. But uh, yeah, this made in the it made it cost about fifty million dollars. You want you want to see the this Joker, Deadpool two, Deadpool, The Matrix Reloaded, Hangover Part two, Hangover American Sniper. That's I, I did not see that coming. How much How much did uh, Joker make? One point two or one point three billion? Oh, hang on. What? See, now it, I'm getting mixed sources now. This yeah. is getting interesting. This one's saying The Exorcist in 1973, $885 million. Then no. Deadpool. Then The Godfather. Then The Exorcist. 
then, are they are they adjusting for inflation? I don't. Yeah, know. they probably are. I mean, Passion of the Christ is on there. Matrix Reloaded's over American Sniper still, but this uh, adjusting for inflation. Matrix Reloaded was not a better movie than but American Sniper. Okay, so is here's that the one with the all upgrades time, in it. Hey, with the this will settle it. All time box office. Maybe that's what you're going off of. Was actual box office R rated? Yeah, box office R rated. Number one, Joker. Number two, Deadpool two. Number three, Deadpool. How much does Joker make? Uh, wow, one trillion, one point zero seven two trillion. No way. I'm look at the numbers. That it couldn't have made a trillion. That's the worldwide box office. You mean that's one billion? Are you? No, one billion. I'm sorry. Did I yeah, say trillion? trillion did no. say I trillion. meant billion. I'm yeah, like, that can't be a trillion. I'm that's the crazy. GDP of a nation. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, so is one one billion. Like that's, that's no, but crazy. you know how much the movie cost or to make, right? Mm. Fifty million. Are you kidding? No, no, I'm not. So here's the thing. I watched uh, with my children. I watched Zack oh, Snyder's domestic box office. Deadpool beat it. But you know no, what counts. I, Worldwide. Yeah, well. I don't know. I care more about the U.S. than the world. <laughs> I live in the world. Listen to you, Mr. I live in the America. US. I live in the world. You still live in the world. Fifty Shades of Grey was up there in the list, too. Dude, That's no. Uh, oh, the hot tough <laughs> is that Earth guy. I'm from Missouri. Uh, so yeah that's from it's on earth, earth. <laughs> why, why are you giving us a hard time <laughs> burn my head oh man who's your who's your master am I supposed to say Jesus <laughs> that was pretty funny man I feel like I feel who's like your we, master I'm here to kill Thanos that was kind of funny though man <laughs> oh. who is Gamora I'll do you one better where is Gamora like no wait no where is Gamora I'll do you one better who is Gamora I'll do you one better why is Gamora <laughs> I can take it no you can't take it <laughs> and big, you see this big cannon Howard's looking thing in his face no you won't oh. I'm like no you won't uh, see I know the history of this and, and Thanos was this oh, was a smart character, by the speaking way. Speaking of history, well, it's not so much history, but it jogged my memory of this whole Marvel versus DC thing because it's always been an argument. And then I literally yesterday saw, or maybe it was earlier today, saw the Batman preview. What happened? I saw that oh, too. Man. It was, That's not no. good. Well, you know no, what? It's I'm, this. I'm, I'm really disappointed. Well, here's an example. Wonder Woman, fantastic. Yeah. Wonder Woman 84, it was like watching your grandparents make out. Just horrible. Okay? It was so poorly written. Like, gosh. No, it's just, it's, my eyes are burning. You know, it's just, no, come on, man. Look. But the, the new Batman preview. Have you seen I, it? Have you seen it? Yeah, and I'm like. Honestly, I just, it was like watching paint dry. I was like, there was nothing that was, it was just kind of bland action it's like no, watching I'm, going to an old folks home and watching him hit on one another <laughs> i definitely i really didn't feel like robert pattinson was in any way intimidating and that was the thing i was that was the thing i was most worried about but i was also willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for casting him like hey maybe maybe there's some stuff it that looks I like catwoman hurt his feelings in the in the freaking <laughs> trailer i'm serious in the trailer i'm like did she really just hurt his feelings he looked like he's literally about to cry uh, a grappling hook like I understand, he's an emotional character, right? You, you know what would make that better, a kid. But this isn't like I. I really fell in love with the Christian Bale Batman, I, I and would, I think that's the pinnacle for me as far as like keeping it real and dark. 
that's that's I think where the I series would rather needed to go. I'd rather Scorpion say get over here and it goes through his head. Finish him. Yeah, and, and then he burn him. Out. And then I'd be entertained because <laughs> this this is looking just horrendous. Yeah, I don't know that I'm going to go watch that one. You know, it, 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 it's I, well, like I don't this. Know. I'm not going to go watch it, but if it, it comes, comes out, out on HBO Max, yeah, I'll definitely I'll, I'll watch it on out. HBO Max. <laughs> I have Although a feeling in five I'm minutes so, I'll be watching something else. I'm so backlogged on stuff on HBO Max. Well, I almost gave up on DC. Well, have you seen with it? Right, have you seen the Zack Snyder's no, Justice League? I watched Beautiful Dreamer. Beautiful, no, Beautiful Dreamer watched it, and within five minutes, she's enthralled. Why? Because you understand more. Okay, they just they didn't put unnecessary fillers in there. They put a story. Now, remember the fight scene where the Olympians and the Atlanteans and the Amazons and humans all fought together against uh, Apocalypse? Yeah. Well. They had a scene where it was very much explained more of what happened. And this made better sense. Now, don't uh, worry about spoilers. Speak freely. Okay, so. You know, he's all trying to talk in code like, I want to ruin for so, you. Well, here's the thing. Speak it. <laughs> you, had, you had Wonder Woman tell Batman the story. of, And remember, she's we, centuries old from no. what we understand. She's not old enough to have been there, but. Um, I don't know. She could have been a girl for all I know. I know her mother was there. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, this, and this was one of the better things you'll ever see. I mean, really, uh, my son watched it and was like, Oh, and when that's what you want, what you don't see in a lot of movies is people <gasps> doing that. You want that shock effect. Okay. And this is what's lacking in a lot of movies. But Zach's the original Justice League was, you know, the paint drying and the watching the mm. old people get down. You know, it, it it's just horrendous, and it's just Joss Whedon should be ashamed of himself. You know, I'm because it is a complete a lot more from Joss Whedon. Look, yeah. it, it was terrible. You look at the first five minutes of Zack Snyder's, and you're going to be like, "This is a fan." It, yes, it's four hours long, but it's four hours of fun and comedy and mad action with an incredible ending that made better sense. I don't know. Maybe maybe if I could get Rue to watch it with me, mm-hmm. then like I'd actually have time to do it. She, but if look, I've got to watch it on my own, then it's just it's going to have to wait until I got a chance to get get to it. So, I'm like this. If if T-Rex liked it, she'll like it. We'll okay. see. Well, I gotta, I gotta get her to actually be willing to watch it. First. Well, but here's the thing. I look. She watched the She watched the the original one with me. Like she watched, but that was when we would we would go to the movies all the time before the kids were born. Okay, so, so she watched at 11 years old. She watched Predator with me and was like this the whole time. Yes, she was. She was. Well, the, the first movie that really like you're talking about the wow factor, and it, it reminded me of the fact that they got a, a, a so Matrix when we went and saw that. That was like. Whoa! What? Yeah, just I took happened. a big old see it, Spe- and it blew our minds. And the reason it I was bringing, bringing that up again is like because you compare like what the new Batman's got to offer versus the the just the trailer for the new Matrix. So that's I was going to bring that. Yeah, up. as I'm soon like, as you brought up bro, Matrix, I was well, going to say that. this is going to be a movie. But here's my my concern with the the Matrix movie trailer is that it very much looks like it's trying to do the exact same same thing that J.J. Abrams did with the Force Awakens. 
it seems like it's going to be a rehash of the first one. I think it only is, but slightly different. Here's why I think I'm not. I'm not. Well, really here's what's about inter- that. Like, here's give, what, give me something original. Here's what's interesting to me I about want that. action. What what got me? What hooked me on? I'm like, okay, I really want to see this. Is and so I grew up. I was uh, how old was I at that time? I mean, I'm we going to see. It, I just turned, I was 16. You were 14 or 15. 14 or 15. Yeah, and they snuck me in on the rated R. It was great. <laughs> My dad went, so it was all good. But it was I it was, was totally worth watching, right? And so that was pretty formative for me as far as like how I how I started viewing things, and it really got me interested in the idea of like you know alternate realities and all this. It, it opened my mind to things I'd never been exposed to, right? And that's and then the point of it. we come back to it now in 2021, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is this is his story is paralleling what I think a lot of people went through, which is like there was a point where we felt a little more awake, a little more aware of what was happening in, in our world and what was going on, and at some point we just kind of melted back into the matrix and forgot that like. You know, there, there, there's this structure around us, and I'm talking more broadly, like related to like you know social and government issues and stuff like that. And so, to me, it's interesting. It's kind of captivating because I'm like, maybe it's rehashing the original story a little bit, but I wonder. I think it's doing it in a way that's like, hey, let's not forget what we learned a long time ago. Let's let's not forget like how our minds were opened up a long time ago, and let's not be closed minded now. Let's all get red pilled, right? Well, let's let's and, red pill again. And baby. so, and that's the whole point of social media. The the monster in the two thousand in the last twenty years that is the biggest thing that has happened that I can think of is social media. Yeah. Cause it kind of rules the world now. Yeah. You know? Uh the one thing I don't like though is political correctness of any kind. Like I was cool when YouTube came out, you know, two thousand eight. Or maybe it was 06 when they first launched the website, but I started around. No, it was around. before that because I remember watching. I remember watching YouTube when I was in high school, and I graduated in 06. But so. YouTube yeah. was bought by Google. Yeah, it was. but what I'm saying is, like, I liked where it was going originally with YouTube because it was like uh, this is just an open platform to post videos. Oh yeah, yeah, and, but and they kind of like it's still somewhat true to its form, unlike no, Facebook. No, no, yeah, SB. No, you they're need not. To see some of this. They're the not. I've been going after. I'm, I'm telling you, they're not. SB, what is that, 320? They have demonetized almost every single gun channel. 230. Whatever it is, okay? Um, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying that the platform itself. Well, why don't they demonetize somebody that is something they like that's a liberal cause? You shouldn't pick sides. That's the problem I have with this censorship. You, you, well, it's if a conservative, we're going to just rag on them. But if it's a... Something we like, we're going to just let it go. Well, when you've got, like, Twitter blocking uh, former President Donald Trump. Yeah, and, but and they Facebook. still allow for the leader of Hamas and the uh, the psychotic leader of Iran yeah. to still say all of their anti-Semitic and crazy con. word yeah, like, look, stuff. Yeah, look, these but, people. But a guy who said fight like hell, meaning not... Not meaning go out there and freaking try to tear down the Capitol building or anything. But in the same way that countless politicians have used the word "go and fight for what you believe in," mm-hmm. and but they say that he's incited a riot and he's too dangerous. That, that's to be that. No, you know what that is? That's just what I dislike about this is you had the Black Lives Matter. I've been black for fifty-seven years. What the Black Lives that? Matter, huh? What were you before that? <laughs> How was the transition? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I'm not going to do and be cutting on me. Um, the one thing I really dislike is that you have hordes of people pulling out white people from their cars and trucks and just beating them because they're white. No, there's absolutely no justification for this kind of behavior, period. 
I don't care what well, your outrage is. You do not have a right to do that. And you know, you know what I'm surprised didn't happen? Because if it had been somebody like me, whether I'm white or not, and I'm not, but I would have popped you and you'd have got shot because I'm not trying to fight everybody, okay? And they call double tap, double tap, and they'll, they'll leave, okay? It's just they picked on people they know aren't going to fight back. That's the nature of bullies. Mm-hmm. They always pick on people that they don't think. And but here, here's the thing: uh, how's fa- what's her name? The Jen Saki, the Circleback Saki. Yeah, she said her and the president were looking with Facebook at problematic yeah. posts. Yeah, how dangerous is this? Well, they've been doing it with Google for years. They've so been talking they, about Google execs going to the White House on, almost on a daily basis. Dude, that I, no government should not be in cahoots. Well, with what we well, what was interesting is, is I thought it was a platform. It was very easy for the for the left to sit here and point out and say this isn't right that Google is going in here and sitting down with President Trump and doing these things. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't like they were quick to call that out, and but that was going Obama. on. That was going on during Obama's mm-hmm. era, and it's still going on during Biden's as well. Yeah. Nothing's changed. The corporate, you know, these corporate entities are being treated as though they're some kind of national security, you know, advisors. They're literally. They're they're dictating policy. Their PR for the executive directors. branch. It's crazy. It is, and and the thing is, is that they should not have a say so in policy. Now, well, it's it's become in a lot of ways what they call a public entity, right? In the sense that you're you're not restricted from getting on there and publishing what it is that you want to publish, and therefore it's a public platform. But now that they started publishing, they became editors when they start telling what the can and can't happen okay. on there. And here's But the government is still giving them protection as though they're not the editors. Okay, so here's the issue I have. You got that, what is that, two, SB 230? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay, all right, I finally got it right. So here's the problem. I don't, I'm not saying you can't say what you want to do or run your business like you want to, but you shouldn't have protection from the government. No. Period. Okay, if you want to run your business like you want to, by all means, why is the government protecting you? Yeah, you should be able to be sued. Just like everybody else. You shouldn't be invulnerable. Look, how many times have there been rapes, murders, and everything like this, and it's broadcast live on Facebook? They've had all kinds of crazy stuff happen. But that's the thing. That's, That's exactly why they put in, why they made Section 230, was so that... It was supposed to protect people who are creating a platform for people to speak from being from being liable for the things that are posted on that platform. Okay, but and that's but, but that's the thing is that that allows you to be a platform, not a publisher. Right now, it's the publisher that has censor. to cura- has to curate the content because they are liable for for what is put then on on their on their. But their pages, but they but they shouldn't be selective about right. it. You have to be either a platform or a publisher. But they're trying to act like a publisher, but still have the protections of a platform. But they're and not. That's, that's the thing that's and that's. Up. But here's my thing. I think this should go to a vote, and here's why. I don't believe any industry should be protected because they're going after gun companies. Oh, by the way, last couple of days, I saw on here. Uh, Massachusetts and Smith this and is Democrats are concerned because. Thousands of jobs are going to, I think, Missouri and Tennessee. One of the two. Okay. Or, or both because they're they're moving their plants. They're just moving well, well, why would out you? Okay, but here's the problem. Let's you explain. Making, you're jumping. You're jumping. Stop. You're jumping. Explain what it is you're talking about. Because about what happened is Smith & Wesson, I'll explain it. I'll just give you the Reader's Digest. Smith & Wesson has been in Massachusetts since their founding. 
They've been happy to build there. They've actually been carved out within their, because Massachusetts is very serious about their gun legislation. So they try to restrict everything they can. And that's very but, ridiculous. There was a carve out. Yeah, there was a carve out for Smith and Wesson because they're providing for law enforcement, military, and civilians. And there's thousands and thousands of dollars being brought into Massachusetts strictly from that business and mm-hmm. lots of jobs. And high they, paying jobs. They went in and had a state. Um, meeting uh, with you know it was a congressional meeting both the senate and the house in the state level passed the bill that basically cuts out their carve out and says no high capacity assault weapons can be built here so anything more than nine rounds and majority of smith and wesson's products are semi-automatic pistols over nine rounds of capacity and they said we are not going to waver on this and we're sad to see smith and wesson go we prefer they stay but we're not going to change our law. That's not, that's not what I've seen on there. What I saw on there is Smith & Wesson was like, look, you're making our product illegal in the state we make it in. And you have Democrats saying, hey, that's a lot of jobs leaving. You know why? How many people are going to vote for a politician when you just fired me from a hot $20, $30 an hour job? Yeah. Okay, you're not. Most people are. These like, are high skilled paying jobs. These yeah, are, and, and the thing is, is this: I had you know what? A the, lot of respect for BCM was that they they've always said we're not going to sell in a state where the the where we're not going to sell great. to That's we're fantastic. not going to sell to uh, law enforcement or or government officials in a state where the people are not afforded the same weapons. Yep. So I agree. Yeah, they they won't sell in they won't sell in Massachusetts. So, they won't sell in California. Well, here's the here's the part that makes it worse. The governor, what's her name, Politico or Polio, I don't know, or Polio or whatever her name is. Well, we just want to make sure we have the necessary resources for these people can retrain. Well, that's if, how always if how you're in your forties and fifties and you've been at a job 20, 30 years. Now you're talking about you're and you're just, your family to move with the job. And why am I, because of ideology, having to uproot my family? And this is where it gets sticky. Those people right now are going to have to have a massive a campaign because I promise you, ideology doesn't uh, pay better than actual money. Because when you're hungry and, and bills are being paid, need well, to be paid, uh, that ain't going to get it done. And this is what the Democrats are famous for. They want to put ideology over people, and that is where they're lacking. Now, and part of the thing that I, I can, I, I always try to see things from the other viewpoint, right? And so here's the, for the sake of argument, part of this one, all right? For the sake of argument, you just confirmed everything that people think about the gun industry, which is money, 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 money. And it's all about money. And that all the protections that all the government, you know, all the protections the government has had for these gun industries so that they don't get sued when a mass shooting happens, when they're, you know, but they're in court all the time. And they're paying off, they're paying off politicians. They've got, you know, people in the NRA coming in and and causing issues at local levels, all that stuff. It just confirms all the suspicions that all those people have. So for the sake of argument here, understand that that's 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 why these people feel emboldened these politicians feel emboldened to go ahead and say you know what smith and wesson we're okay to see your business go we're, that's okay, not we're what okay to they're not okay is. to see it go yes they are because they have they some have politicians like look i saw this democrat that you seen the worry on his face i looked at this last night and i'm like ooh. and when democrats start getting concerned the governor feels like i'm safe at least for a couple of years you will be but after that you won't be you will be voted out. You're really assuming a lot about Massachusetts. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Because <laughs> no, here's I don't the have thing: to vote for Massachusetts. Well, so here's the thing: uh, uh, the look, 
their voting record would tell otherwise. Well, uh, well, and I think a lot of the people who actually, who would actually think it through, ideology and actually that pay the bills, and actually would have some sort of hostility that they would then take to the ballot box, have already left Massachusetts, right? Or there are such a small number they know that it's not going to move the needle of the state. Yeah, you know. Oh, and, and, uh, I and Californians are dealing with that too right now. Honestly, Californians has, are leaving in droves. You realize really, California was Republican for a very long time. Yeah, I remember that in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was a what's his name was a the actor uh, Reagan. Reagan. Yeah, he was a California. And remember, remember the term. Well, H uh, W uh, Bush won California. Reagan Democrat. Yeah, he was when he ran. And, he did and won the first time. So, so but here's the thing. So what has changed is is ideology, and the Democrats are doing a better job than the Republicans. But here's the problem. Politicians in general, most people simply don't trust. Why? Because their ideology matters more than the voters, and they've made this very, very apparent. Well, Pelosi... Pelosi just said the quiet part out loud a few days ago when the press the was asking mic. the press. No, the press was asking her about like how she was going. Like, did she think she's doing a good enough job of selling her this policy? And she goes, well, frankly, I think you could be doing a better job of selling this policy. Yeah. It's not the media's job to no. sell your policy. That's, That's why your she blasted that guy as, as a politician to get out there and convince people of your policy or better yet, to build policy based off of the needs and desires of your constituents because you are she's re- a, representative. Well, she's in a bad a spot because she doesn't have the votes. That's why she's pissed at the at the media right and now. And guess what else well, they yeah. don't Because she doesn't have the votes because there's a split on the Democratic Party right now. Well, and they're saying, we're going to have holdouts for our Green New Deal plans, AOC and all her tribe. trash. And they're, Bernie they're, so Sanders. They're holding out on one side, and they're trying to say that if it goes to a shutdown with the government, that this is all going to be Republicans' fault. It's like... It shouldn't be a problem. You guys have the votes, right? Yeah. What's the problem? Why is it being held up? Oh, it's because your own party's holding you hostage now because you're not extreme enough. There's only so far you can go with with your ideology. And this is on the right. This is on the left. There's only so far you can go with your ideology before there's a swing back in the opposite direction. The pendulum. And and I think that that pendulum is, is at its peak with the Democratic Party. I think they're going to have... A swing back where people just say, not so much saying going on the right. They're just going to say, you know what? I've got to really start thinking about what is just best overall for me personally instead of my social identity. I need to be concerned about what's best for like putting food on my table because this inflation has gotten out of control. Everything's just, you know, beyond like you just can't get anything done right now. And I worry about that culturally too. Yeah. Because you've got all these you've got these psychos pushing stuff like Ibram X. Kendi, the the anti-racist crap, which is really just neo-racism. So like the Ibram X. Candy wrote a book uh, called How to Be Anti-Racist. And essentially what it is, is it's not trying to be take a stand against racism. It's trying to take a stand that's now racist in favor of minorities. So it's saying that we need to change all of our system to give more advantages to minorities, to take away opportunities to white people, and in order to correct all of these this racism that has been happening that for like so long. critical race theory that's what that's is. what's that based is. on yeah, so okay. the idea so the thing is is that what, what i'm really worried about here is that now like they've he preaching the stuff of like you're every white person is racist and if you say that you're not racist it just proves how racist you are and all of this other stuff so there's no there's no grounds to not be racist he draws a line in the sand of saying like you either are actively anti-racist or you're a racist 
You can't just be on the fence. That you worked well be, with the NBA, not, didn't it? You can't Look just how be, bad their ratings are right, going. Exactly. Get woke, go broke. But the thing is, is that so many people, the freaking chief of naval operations for the Navy, the highest ranking person in the Navy, okay. put how to, the, how to be an anti-racist on his reading list uh, for all sailors to read. It's, it's garbage. That's I called call it, indoctrination, well, and it's wrong. Because here's the thing. Uh, I don't like the thought police type thing. I think this is wrong in every way. You're, you're trying to tell people how to think. That's not present the present what you got to say. Let people make up their own minds. That's what media should be. So well, Dash, but here's the thing: is that from, you're going to get like I'm talking about the pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. Is that now all of a sudden you're getting you're getting kids that are raised with this stuff. You're getting people who are told kids that are told this when they're in college. You get people who are being have this battered in their faces at workplaces because Ibram X. Kendi and there's this other girl who wrote this book called White Rage. They're being paid tens of thousands of dollars to come out and do seminars at businesses to teach people how ra- white people how racist they are and how we should all go towards this anti-racist, which I, I feel more accurately is called neo-racism. That's the way I refer to it. I call but, it indoctrination. But it's like you, you're going to have these people that are like, wait a minute, why am I constantly being focused as the enemy? I'm not doing anything against you. Or anything I'm, I'm wrong. Not, right. I'm not doing anything wrong. And they're going to start getting animosity for that. You're going to start seeing the pendulum swing the other way to where we actually are going to have a lot of racism of white people against minorities because they feel like they're always being targeted as the enemy. And like, why are you always targeting me as the enemy? I, I You know what? Fine. Screw you. I'm not going to have anything to do with you. And so, you're going to see this pendulum swing the other way. Hopefully, it. I, I really, I pray it doesn't. I pray that we all just dip, give backlash against the woke mob and say, "Hey, screw you and your equity BS and your your critical race theory and your anti-racism." We are just going to treat people equally. Yeah, and so, and and treat people fairly. And here's the thing: uh, what does it do? The Jake Paul guy. What's his name? The big blonde dude. When he fought against Nate Robinson. He knocked out Nate Robinson, and then two the, the two sisters, what's her name, the tall chocolate sister, and then the one light-skinned sister, talked about, well, that may be racism. And you're in a boxing match. Your point is not to get knocked out by the guy. Right. It's not to say, okay, I'm a white guy, so I'm going to let this black dude knock me out, because if I don't knock him out, then I'm a racist. Well, so here's what I wanted to ask, Dash. Then that means I'm going to be a racist because I'm going to knock this dude out if I can. What, what I want to ask is I think you have a very unique perspective, Dash, because your generation is seeing things. I feel like when we sit here and we're talking about these specific issues, we're coming from it like we're, we're following news sources that you don't follow. I feel, I feel like that, right? So I kind of want to figure this stuff out. I feel like we're, we're using news sources that you don't use. We're hearing things that you may not even see or may not even understand it's happening. Not that you're misinformed, but just that that's not what the reality is that you're seeing with your age group. Um, and that that there's um, maybe not as much potency to these issues based off of like on a day-to-day basis how it's affecting your actual life. Because to us, we see it as like a, as a very legitimate threat like a, a, to overall what our, what our end goal as a country is going to be. We think that it's destructive overall. But where do you see this? Where does this rank in like your day-to-day operations with you and your friends when you're hopping on Xbox and playing some games with your buddies? Like where are these issues lining up? Are these significant? Are they things that people are walking around and being concerned as we are about? Or are they pretty low-key? Like what's what's the deal? Um, I just remember when I was going to school, 
a, a big thing was, um, you know, looking good. Yeah. So I feel like right now a lot of kids are like, how do I make myself look good and make people like me? And right. Then they go, whoa. That's right? just high school. That's, uh, that's very much the high school. Yeah. Like, like yeah, that saying. happened when I was a kid, man. Yeah. That's, that's very, very much the attitude in high school is mm-hmm. to say, how do I keep in that hierarchy? Right. How do I keep yeah. at least with whoever I'm going to socialize with in their good graces and say the right things, do the right things, wear the right clothes, have the right look, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I had none of that. <laughs> I looked like a chocolate Q-tip and I was very poor. And didn't have a car. I had a truck for a little bit. I had because I'm from a, I'm from a black neighborhood. We had one. Uh, I had a truck. It was a Ford F100. White kid is right here. Okay, uh, not about maybe twenty or thirty brothers in the back seat. Something happened to my truck. You know who helped me push that truck? The white kid. That's it. Dead yeah. serious. And you have a real small hick town. Well, well, well. There's like what at least fifteen twenty Negroes in there. And these yeah. are all the guys that I thought were my friends, and they were they were happy to get a ride. Yeah. But when everything went wrong, they didn't help push. Yeah. So finish your thought, Dash. Yeah. Um, and then so you know everybody goes like everybody goes woke, and then they'll put on black matter stuff and, and all that stuff. Me personally, I've actually researched a lot on this. Like I, I've had that phase where I go, you know, kind of did a deep dive on it. Yeah, yeah. And so I mean, I know. I, I know, like, I care about our future, yeah. my future and stuff. But So you feel like maybe you're a little more attentive to it than most people your age? Yeah, I definitely have a lot more feelings about it. Right. And <laughs> opinions. Where are your feelings on it? I, I completely agree with everything you guys said. Yeah. About, you know, because uh, I already, I, I kind of already knew about the laws um, concerning, you know, publishers and and uh platforms platforms yeah yeah so basically they can avoid liability and slander and they can avoid all 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 sorts of things that just because this protection of the law where if you did the same thing yourself if you created a platform today and you're like you can call it dash.com right like Mm -hmm. and you're like okay everybody come on here you get to say what you want to say only rules is got to be at least 13 years of age and you can't post anything that's illegal right like you can't do illegal activity on our platform Mm -hmm. right and just keep it simple like that like that's what I think when we saw Facebook starting up, we thought that's where it was going. We thought the same thing with you know YouTube. We thought the same thing with most of these big businesses now, and it definitely shifted. And so sometimes I feel like there's a disconnect. Do you feel like there's a disconnect between where you're at with those issues and where you're, like your counterparts are? Same people around your same age. It, do you think it's just a high school thing, or do you think they literally walk around and say, "Hey, like this is." we have to carry this mantle because of the pressure that we're being put under by our teachers, our schools, our, you know, peers, uh, media, music, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like, where do you, where do you think it falls in that? I think a lot of people are very disconnected on like how it actually affects them. Cause yeah. you know, they're, they're very comfortable where they're at right now. Just, you know, they can go home. They don't have to worry about, you know, putting food on the table. They can just, you know, go to their Burger King job. And, right. and so like, they, they don't really understand, you know, like how these things affect them. And they probably, probably not, they will never because, um, you know, they'll, they'll, probably, they'll have support from their parents and stuff like that, that will carry them through their 20s. Right. As they're going to college and as they're getting more indoctrinated by those beliefs. And then it'll finally hit them as they, like, you know, turn 29. And then they all of a sudden have to be on their own and, you know, Maybe parents pass away. Maybe yeah. life just throws them on the street and says, "Go figure it out." Yeah, and then and then they realize problems of you know, you know, like not holding you know 
things accountable and you know you know what i feel is the problem with that i feel like what it leads to is kind of what we're seeing which is this group that have made it all the way through the college system and a lot of post-grad programs and then they hit the streets and they're like there is no safety net to catch me so what's the first thing they want universal basic income then they want one one pay system on the healthcare part. Like they want everybody to be covered on all these things because they hit the market and they're like, oh my gosh, you got you're telling me I've got literally hundreds of thousands of dollars of college debt that I'm responsible for, and I can't make but fifteen dollars an hour at a starting entry level position at a mm-hmm. what's supposed to be a potentially good career. <clears throat> oh, and I don't get benefits for the first ninety days, and like all these injustices, right? That start yeah. that start piling up versus where you're at right if you don't mind me saying a little bit but like you're you're 17 years old and you're like you know what i'm done with this high school thing i'm gonna graduate and you went and you passed the test and you graduated and you're on your own now and you're going out the first thing you did i gotta find a job i gotta do work Mm -hmm. like that mindset isn't typical for your age group so that's part of the reason why you're even on here is because you actually care about these things you actually you know like you said you did research on them and stuff i just wondered if is there is there any hope? Are you seeing like a sliver of like I think my generation will figure this out, or they're on the same path that those um, what do we call them? Uh, that that like you know what do you think the solution zoomers? is? Yeah, the zoomers. There you go. What do you think the solution is? Um, <coughs> I think the solution would probably be to fix the school systems and what they're allowed to teach to the kids. Well, not necessarily that, but like give both sides. To, nice. to the argument. Did stuff. it feel like it was pretty one-sided in the stuff yeah, you were doing? 100%, yeah, 100%. Well, that's, that's definitely something that I know I'm going to do with my kids. Is like I had I had some philosophy professors that were amazing. And one philosophy teacher when I was in high school, he played they played devil's advocate for everything. Yeah. Anytime a point was brought up and somebody seemed to be dominating with that point, they would just play devil's advocate. It didn't matter what the, the teacher thought. The whole idea was to learn how to think, not what to think. And if you, That's if the you, point. If you... Apply that Socratic method and thinking about, you know, everything and trying to analyze and understand, then you're going to come to a good solution most of the time. That was my, my philosophy professor or my philosophy teacher in high school was very much a conservative. Here's, here's and his whole purpose, like his whole idea when teaching was that saying that, look, I'm going to teach you how to think because if you can think for yourself and you can think rationally, I honestly believe that there are not, there's enough logic to support my side of the argument that you're going to come around to it on your own. The problem is I feel like that, that uh, way of teaching it and the way of understanding the psychology of who we are as human beings and how we're going to work as a society, it got hijacked. It started out as, as like your high school psychology teacher where, where they're talking about like, Hey, um, I'm going to just kind of challenge you on every viewpoint you have and make you really think through it, make you work through it, kind of like debate style almost, right? Like you got to stand for your position, find out where you're wrong, and then pivot where you need to with better information. And I feel like that Socratic method has been hijacked and disguised by ideology, ideology, right? And and to an extreme where the original idea behind having a debate (coughs) was that you understood going in that you didn't have all the answers, that you weren't necessarily 100% right in your viewpoint it's just that you're going to argue that viewpoint. Like I, I remember doing like debate classes, right? Or to be able and to see to the other person's viewpoint right. by having to argue. It almost it's did called you, perspective. It almost did you no good to sit there and study your viewpoint. You would have been way better off going and figuring out like what's not my viewpoint. Like I have a, you know, they give you a position to defend. 
<clears throat> don't even look at the position you have to defend. Look at what the other side of the issue is so that you can understand what's what's going against it so you at least have an idea going into that debate, right? Like counter-arguments. You're not part of Right. And what they, I feel like they did in the books that you were talking about, Red, I feel like they kind of weaponized that, that idea of like they're presenting themselves now as those really smart leaders in these colleges saying we're taking this a step further, right? Before we wanted you to just use critical thinking and we wanted you to be very careful about how you decide things over time and realize that there's levels to understanding and they disguise it their ideology as saying this is like the super secret squirrel layer of you know sociology we're going to teach you all the things that you know like there's a whole other layer here where <clears throat> well the whole system's you know messed up and here's how the whole system was built to hold people down the whole system was built to empower white people the whole system was built for this or that or the other and they try to use it like they're giving you some kind of special layer of knowledge that you would have never gotten on your own and then it's so ideologically based that they're not allowed to waver like it, this is the final answer right like it's it's the test after the test is kobayashi maru right like there is they know the answers they know the things they're going to go wrong in the path. And if you don't believe what they believe, then you are just ideologically a fool. You're just, an, you're nobody. They and don't, they don't have anything to do with you. Yeah. And they want, Here, they want to cut you out of society. That's the reality. And, like, and they tried, and that's what the cancel culture was born. Yeah. Here's what I believe. George Carlin is famous for saying, question everything. Yeah. That is the way I raised <clears throat> my son and daughter. Now, I may not agree with them all the time, but... I believe you as an individual have a right to your opinion. I don't have to agree with it. We all have, have a right. We all to have it. our own reality. Social media wants to cancel that opinion. Mm -hmm. Just because you're not on social media doesn't mean you still don't have an opinion. And it doesn't mean you can't project it somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Now, people have this problem with Trump, and Trump is the biggest evil of all time. He's not. Uh, there's way worse people because well yeah well i'll tell you this name me a president in the history since i've been alive in 57 years i've never seen a president fire over a thousand people his first day in office joe biden well all those oil workers well okay that's interesting and then they and then they had the nerve to say well well those are temporary jobs that's really you know you get a political nose. No, a temporary job is still a freaking job that pays. Well, and it's, if, if, it's a high paying job and it's temporary in the sense that, yeah, that contract's going to be up at some point, but it's not temporary in the idea that that skill set is going to continue to be used for building more pipelines. But what you did was you destroyed the industry, period, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't just take away the skill set and the labor. The you said, I'm going to eliminate the industry. Now, mind you, if you just pulled up a map of the United <clears> States or just North America, and you just looked at the already running oil and natural gas pipelines that are all across the nation, you'd be like, we're worried about one pipeline right now? The size of that pipeline was one of the big things, was, right. was the major thing. And, and, and the, the way that that could go and continue to distribute. I mean, that'd be like taking out I-70. Right. I mean, right. you sure, right. you've got a lot of other highways, but I-70 is a critical highway to... Yeah. To, to the United States to the West operation right mm -hmm. that to, to in order to distribute goods and services throughout throughout America yeah this is all about people control that's what gun control is all about well that's, what is the first thing that when they, when the Taliban took over Afghanistan what is the first thing they did take away everybody's controls yeah. took away the guns well you don't need them yeah we, they we, don't want anybody fighting back they have the monopoly on power. That's number and see, one. And here's the thing. Monopoly on violence. If this yeah. doesn't tell everybody to our audience 
what these people are all about. I don't know what does. Yeah, I was watching a video the other day uh, by Warrior Poet Society. Yep, and I watched he that was. One too. I was going to bring it up because I wanted to kind of go over this this idea, and he basically said, you know, we're at that point where you no longer can sit back and not have an opinion or not get involved. You, it's time to get involved. Period. And he suggested, you know, um, when when people are trying to control you, when they're trying to mandate things. That's not how this country is ever run. It is no. never run by mandate, and it should not ever run by mandate. No, under that's any pretty much the reason why this country exists is people right. saying no to mandates. Exactly. People saying well, no to infringement. And his point is like, <clears throat> stop following them. Stop following the mandates, period. Don't wear a mask. Don't do not do anything that you don't that is a mandate. That's how many not, times we uh, walk in a store and I don't have a mask? All the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> do and that's, constantly. Well, but that's the thing. So, so as far as the mask stuff goes... I believe we were the only ones in, in Lowe's yesterday that didn't have masks on. I believe yeah. in an individual's right Period. to an individual's right to maintain their property. So if a private business, a private entity says, Hey, we want you to wear a mask on our property. Okay. I respect that you have the right to do that. Yep. You have the right to ask <clears throat> me to do that. Because and, it's their property. And if I want to come onto that property, then I should wear that mask. If not, I'll walk now, off their property. But at the same time, I have the right to say, well, I don't want to do business with somebody who wants to force me to and wear a mask. you walk away. Now, it's the people who are like, oh, well, the, this city has a mandate that says that where you got to wear a mask, so wear a mask indoors. No, I'll walk in without a mask yep. 100% of the time. Because, no, I'm not going to follow some city's mandate. They don't have the right mm-hmm. to tell me to do that. There's nowhere in any They have the right to restrict or, business because that's what they legally got the right to do. They don't have the right to dictate what the consumer's doing. Right, exactly. And the thing is, is that I... This is so a dangerous the, precipice, you know what I'm saying? Well, now, I mean, they're trying to uh, thought police, a mask. I never thought when we first met, which is many years ago... That I would be able in a hoodie wear a mask and wear a hoodie yeah, and, and not walk get in shot a, and walk in a bank. Yeah, right. I never thought that would happen. Literally in a million years. Yeah, but here we are, and well, all over ideology. Now I went out and I got one of those plague doctor masks, like the, the, the bird mask, like and so I, I got one of those out of leather too, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean it was it was cheaper getting the the one made out of leather, but. Uh, so I got that during like the, the very tail end of some of the mask mandates. It'll make you and, look like Leatherface. And that was one of those things where like if if I had to go, like, <laughs> so if I went into like Lowe's or Home Depot, yeah. like all of the hardware stores were forcing people to wear masks. And so I couldn't get away with just walking in there. Right. And I couldn't just shop somewhere else. So for that sake, in those cases, well, I had my... My plague doctor mask. So look, if you guys are going to treat this like it's the plague, fine. Let's treat it like it's the plague. I'm going to be just as ridiculous as you are. <laughs> or, or let's do the, a little trivia for you. Michael Myers, the, the the mask that Michael Myers wore. What was what was the mask? Do you know? William Shatner. That's right. It was a William Shatner thing. They pulled over his head and they enlarged the eyes and painted it white. I'm like, you know, that'd be a really good mask. I'm face. wearing. I'm covering my face. Leather I actually face. so right. before before I got the uh, before Leather I got face. the the plague doctor mask, I was really thinking about going out and getting a Deadpool mask. Oh, that'd be <laughs> great. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I still think Leatherface. We should just go around as Marvel characters all year round. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Which well, I so I legitimately when the mask mandates were first put in place and they said like no admit it, entry without a mask, I put on a Batman mask. Oh, that'd be great. Because it just covers Batman the eyes mask and nose. Literally, <laughs> the only part that's not covered is the part that they actually want you to cover. Well, you know what I would uh, would be cool? Red Hood. 
That is one of the better characters. Little little red that, well, riding. No. You've seen my red hood costume. Haven't red you? hood is <laughs> that? Yeah, I, I, I that is one of the better characters that Mar uh, DC has come out in the last twenty years. I, I'm not even familiar. Oh, oh okay. you're I'm kidding gonna, me, right? I'm going to loan you. The, I've, well, got, I've got the movie. To, I'm going to loan you under the, movie. the red hood. You, we have to watch that. Okay. Yeah, it's it's legit. And here's the thing about him. You, the storyline. If they make this a movie. It will outdo Joker. It will really outdo Joker. They'd have to do it right, though. Well, the guy that's the guy that's doing Dune now, Dennis Villanueva. Villanueva. I'm not. I look. I'm not Hispanic, it's so obviously good. I'm not going to get it right. You're not Hispanic. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> Hispanic at all. So I'm a Negro. <laughs> so I'm son, sorry. <clears throat> I'm colorblind. For the, for the longest <laughs> time, I thought your son looked way more Hispanic than he looked black. Really? Oh yeah. Growing yeah. up, yeah. now I think he looks more Arab because <laughs> the beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got the ponytail. And he's always in yeah. sandals. And, and we'll <laughs> give him crap for that too. Well, yeah, yeah. You know why? Because how many years did he? He was always cracking he, on me. Bro, the last time you guys came up. And about the... The last time happens when you as a black man marry a white woman and have mixed race babies. <laughs> well, you know what? They, so, so they were sitting on the couch and <laughs> Bear's over in the corner and he's leaning just a little bit, got his leg kicked out. Like there's a very specific position he's in, <laughs> right? I look over and his son is in the exact same physical position <laughs> Doing the exact same thing, wearing the exact same outfit with slides. I'm like, bro. I, I'm like, it's I'm gonna snap awesome. a photo. And he's like, Shut yeah. And he's like, man. I was like, literally two years ago, he's like, I'm never gonna be like my dad. And he's just like you. And he's bro. bigger than me in a lot of ways. I can't wear his belt. <laughs> yeah, he I cannot wear his belt. His belt was loose. Uh, I, was... I'm gonna give him trouble about that now. He's yeah. gonna be working out. I think. I, I think you need to bring him into the gym with you then. Yes. Cause... Well, he uses the gym because I can tell because my I got set. Settings, you know, five and eleven on the power rack, and the last time I used it, I actually deadlifted, and so and I know before I left, it was dirty, which I, I always clean it. You know, mm-hmm. I use three and one oil, get that rag and clean it because the uh, the twenty five pounders, which were machined, has that echo paint on it, and it leaves black paint on it. So and, uh, so and you, the, you busted them. You're like I saw you move the weights. <laughs> you, yeah. you put your junk on my drum set. <laughs> <laughs> so he, yeah, that's funny. So he he never hardly puts anything back. He just yeah, I'm just leaving it. So he's that gym guy. Yeah, he is. <sighs> but you know, but it, you know, at least he uses it. You know, right. You can't daughter. be too mad at him. No. And he's never gonna put more weight on there than you can handle. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's won't. a threat. We're we're threatening him right now. See if he'll, <laughs> see if he'll step up to the plate. You never know it. because I look. You I, could turn him into a world record setter. You know that? Yeah, like, but it, but you got to want it first. Hey, same thing with Dash. We could turn Dash into a world record setter. No. No. Well, oh, I, I actually, guarantee we can get you to set a world record. Well, so I like something I wanted to talk to Dash about earlier. Yeah, but uh, we wound up going off on a different tangent. Well, so, let's do yeah. Yeah. it. Yeah. Now, so um, you were talking about. You're talking about college and talking about like all these people you're going to, to school with, all these people you're going to school with, like planning on going to college. How much did they try to talk to you about alternatives, like trade school, like vocational school, like things like that? Or going to By the Navy. Parents or? No, the, the school. school. Oh, the school. Not at all. No. Exactly. The did you know that they have programs where you could have been doing, you could have gotten your EMS license 
and your fire one and two certifications before you got out of high school? Did you know that you could have learned all that you need to know to be an ASC certified mechanic by the time you got out? Did you know that you could have been a body shop guy? Did you know that you could have gone and they have CSI schools you could have done that you literally could have graduated and gone and worked for a police department as a, as a crime scene investigator? Did you know that they had programs where you could, yeah, welding, machining, um, engineering and tooling. You could have gotten into programs where they release you to just go work half the day you only do half the classes and your work actually counts as part of your schooling like there's all these things that they have and they just don't tell anyone no you know why that's only for the privileged kids you know what no they're not even privileged no no. you know who they put you know who they put that program it wasn't no bro listen i i worked in in one of these nearby schools especially one that dash knows about i worked in one of these schools and and what they do they're wonderful schools like they truly are this is like top tier the administrators are doing the best they can the counselors are doing the best they can but they're not getting the information out there the kids that end up there are the ones that already knew about it because they had siblings that went through it or they specifically are like i'm gonna just not go to school if i don't have something i enjoy and they're like hang on we'll get you on track well yeah for, for <laughs> no, me that's growing not up fair, the kids who went to you the can kids who went to vocap when votech when i was uh when i was in school mm-hmm. were the kids that were like the not super smart kids, the kids that struggled in school, the kids that struggled like with, with their grades, those were the kids that went to Votech. And they kind of I, I really feel like the counselors only like did that is because they this is the only way that you're gonna succeed in the world because you're not gonna make it through college. Yeah. And I was a smart kid, but I hated <clears throat> school. I hated homework. I, I I would I did not like that kind of stuff. But I, I never took a book homes. I I I dreamed of being able to go and take like metal shop yeah. and learn machining and learn welding and all that kind of stuff. Yes, but you I too, didn't even you, know that it was available to me. Nobody yeah. told me about Votech. Yeah, that's Nobody not fair. told me about well, those classes. You two can build a transformer. So literally, okay? Yeah. Optimus Prime and Megatron, one per, okay? Come on now. There's Here's, a big difference between your type of intelligence okay, and mine. Okay, when he said when he said build a transformer, <laughs> I literally I, was thinking a DC transformer. Yeah, I, mean, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I could build one. Oh, a DC transformer? Yeah. You can build a DC transformer? Well, it's AC. Because you have to transform from AC to DC. That was a trick question. <laughs> He's trying to trip me up. Nice try. I, I know. <laughs> but, um, but I'm not trying to trip you up. <laughs> no, I'm you're just going semant- based off of what you said. Semantic, yeah, man, funny. semantic man just showed up. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, when I was in high school, same thing as Red. When I was introduced to like Votech stuff, it what I had no idea that we were actually, our high school was sending people to the same school you could have gone to where, where you were at. I didn't know we had anyone going there. We actually did. We had kids that were driving from the high school, going literally driving like 30 miles a day to go to a Votech school. Okay, the only he... Votech I knew of was just a shop class. And so the most we got in that shop was a little bit of woodworking, a little bit of like they let us weld for like a day. I'm like, well, that I just didn't learn nothing. We and I small, gave up on it. We but here's small the machine difference. maintenance. We had a little bit of, we did some soldering on some, some piping systems. Or, okay. But, but here's um, the difference. And then we did... Uh, well, the, the rest of it was all pretty much woodworking. We did, we built a shed. So yeah. all the stuff that goes into building a shed, like we did a little bit of the roofing on the shed and, you know, and the, of course the framing and doing the siding and everything like that. So, but other than that, like, but that was the whole maintenance class. Like they, they're teaching you how to do stuff that you would do to, to maintain your house. Yeah. Hey, but here's the thing as a, and this is, I graduated in 1983 before anybody here was born, but I was never told as a child you can have a business. Yeah. And it wasn't just because I was black. It was because I was poor. I noticed a lot of the rich kids were treated a whole lot different than a lot of poor kids. 
Well, and I, I agree. I okay. think that's exactly the way that they treated Votech so, in my high school. And, and was the poor kids and the un, no, the, the kids that didn't have a whole lot of, of academic potential were shuffled off to Votech because like this is the only way you guys are going to make money. And anybody who showed any sort of aptitude for academics, they're like, well, we're pushing you towards college. Right. Even whether you're designed for college or not, we're pushing you there. Because I'm definitely not designed for college. But that's where they shuffled me, and that's why I failed college three times before I finally went to the military. Look, I, I, look, as somebody who has worked for over forty years, when you enjoy what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. And I can't—I know it's a cliche, but it's one that rings true. You have to enjoy what you do, because if not, you won't do it long. I was in law enforcement over eight years. I just got enough of. What is the word I want to say? People watching me while I'm watching other people, one. Two, um, being held responsible for what other people did, wrong. I'm, I'm in trouble because this guy did something wrong, okay? Um, and um, your biggest, and, and this is the thing, and we have other people here on this panel that has done law enforcement. It just seems like the there are blurred lines here that, you the very enemy your worst enemy seems like the very person that's employing you yeah well i mean okay. that's they've and essentially that's the sh- they've with the Biden administration they've kind of weaponized that they're they're turning if you have a viewpoint that says like i for many different reasons don't want to be vaccinated now your employer's your biggest enemy because you're going to get laid off or you're going to have to be let go of your job just because you won't fall in line a buddy of mine is a big kid uh he pulls over he just pulled 640 pounds he works at a hospital. He says, hey, I'm wondering, hey, can I get hired where you're at? Right. I say, yeah, they're definitely like you. You're even-tempered and you're big. Most people ain't going to try to fight you. And if they do, make sure they learn they shouldn't have. Um, I said, hey, they're always hiring. He says, yeah, because I'm not going to get the vaccination. Look, when I got the vaccine, I started getting sores, multiple sores all over my body. Okay? I started bleeding from my mouth at work. When I was in the jail, okay? Now, in about a couple of days, I was okay. About week, all the sores and all like that. But here's the thing that they're not telling you. You're basically a guinea pig for untested vaccine. It's not a vaccine. Well, it's an experiment. It's okay. not. Well, well that's yeah, what I felt like with them bruises all the traditional, over me. The traditional definition I felt of a like vaccine a target. does not meet. No. Well, well, as somebody who took this, this was not a, a welcome thing. But I took it because if I end up getting COVID again... I don't want to pass it on to my family. That is the only, about the only reason. And I then you found out you still will. Well, mm-hmm. but the thing is, is that every study that's been done, every major study that's been done that is, has compared efficacy of a vaccine to natural antibodies has shown that natural antibodies are just as effective, if not more effective. than. No, vaccines. obviously it is because I'm here, but here's something I saw today on watching, you know, the, uh, the chiefs game. I noticed that, you have a, they're trying to compare COVID is as bad as cancer. And no, just absolutely not. not cancer. By a long shot. No, that, that, that's insulting. And, and, and if anybody has common sense, COVID is COVID bad. Has it killed people? Yes, it has. But to try to compare, look, we're talking about cancer has killed several billions, tens of billions of people over the years. Now, I was reading that thing about they called HeLa cells. 
about Henrietta Lacks, a black woman who died in 1951. They took her cells and multiplied them. And they're making millions, tens of millions of dollars. And since this time... What do her cells do? uh, They use it for vaccines. They test for this. uh, That's literally what they call them, HeLa cells. And I mean, to this day, she died of cervical cancer. She was only 31 years old. Her grandson, I think his name is Don Lax, are suing all these people who are just, they're, they're, they're like Cyberdyne. They're making all this money off of that one product from a dead black woman who was very poor. Her people are still poor. And these industries are making, like I said, Cyberdyne, Sky, all the Terminator, all these Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type money where they can afford uh, a neighborhoods if they want off of her dead cells that won't stop producing. And I mean, they keep going and keep going and keep going. Even though she's dead, her cells keep going. They didn't have to ask for permission. They just took her cells. And then this is, this, this is horrible. And so now they're trying to sue because of this. Now her daughter, I think, which is the kid, Don Lax, he's 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 the in the forefront of trying to get this rectified because they're not getting compensation whatsoever and these people are profiting off of someone else's dead body yeah. well on that note fellas we had a good podcast it was fun getting to sit down and to be able to at least talk for a little bit so yeah. we'll catch you all next time peace love and much happiness